It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined by one of my usual co-hosts today, John McDermott. Hello, Tim. Hello, listeners. Great day to talk about some X-Wing. This week, we are going to, just me and John in the studio, and uh, I thought we'd do uh, something that we can really only do when we have a little one-on-one time here with John. So, John, you have a very different play style i think than me particularly pretty different from carson too you tend to be a pretty aggressive player right yeah i'd say so i think we've talked maybe briefly about that in the past but have never really dove into detail about it so this week i thought we'd do a little uh piece looking at your play style here which uh this was a fun learning experience as we got the notes together for this one because i learned as i was learning a little bit more about the way you play i realized how very different it is than the way i play the game which i find interesting because you know this is a game with a lot of depth and complexity um and you know like so many different competitive ventures there are a lot of different ways to play it successfully so this week we're going to look at the merits of aggressive play styles and how you can apply those to x-wing and uh, what you need to watch out for if you're going to try these strategies so uh, i think there's a lot to talk about let's get into it well, I think the first thing we need to get out of the way here is when we're talking about an aggressive X-Wing playstyle, we're not talking about uh, player intimidation <laughs> or uh, being mean or unpleasant at the table, right, John? I'm definitely all those things. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but it's not related to your playstyle, right? No, That's it's just, just my personality, so it's worse. Yeah, just character defects. That's fine. <laughs> you know, We don't have to account for that. So uh, We'll do a separate podcast, maybe some Patreon bonus content of how to just be an unpleasant opponent at the table. Um, a lot of expertise there. Uh, no, so we're talking about aggressive X-Wing play, and we kind of wanted to define what that is, what the benefits are of an aggressive X-Wing play style, and um, so kind of like myth bust a little bit some of the things that are not aggressive play styles in X-Wing. So uh, I think the best way is to kind of summarize, John, what is an aggressive play style in your own words? Like, what do you think that is? Yeah, so I think one of the things that people typically associate with aggressive X-Wing play is fast playing, uh, which is definitely not what aggressive X-Wing is. Right. It's it's more, um, I mean, the games can go quicker, um, that's for certain, but it's, I think, from what I've seen of your playing, it's more about taking the lead in the game, and you're kind of the one controlling the whole game, and the strategy's built around that, where you're the one pushing things forward, you're the one um, deciding where things happen on the board. I think it's really about taking charge. Right. Control is definitely a big part of it because, you know, if, you, if you're the player that's controlling the board and kind of dictating how each turn goes, um, not only is that, you know, a strategy that makes your play style kind of work better on the table, um, it gives your opponent some opportunities to make mistakes too. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So I think aggressive play in terms of my play style Yes, it's quicker, um, but fast play, I think, by maybe the standard community definition, is playing fast in an attempt to get your opponent to make a mistake or skip a phase or whatever, and that's definitely not my goal when I play more aggressively on the table. Yeah, because like, your aggressive play is not actually dependent on the game going quickly. You're not necessarily making decisions fast. You're just making the game accelerate, so things will happen in earlier turns. Um, it doesn't drag on to turn five or six before the real meaningful combat starts. Usually you're getting in there pretty quick. Yeah, you're, you're basically just kind of 
condensing the tempo of the game you know from let's just say for example 75 minutes into a 30 minute game in an attempt to kind of magnify the aspects of your play that work better for you yeah and so um we jotted down i wanted to like just have you break this down for me so we jotted down here uh the benefits of an aggressive play style and right away you threw me off guard with just like the first benefit you mentioned though it totally makes sense after you told me yeah so if i can help it and a little shout out to Mike Cruz here because it's one of the first things he remembers about meeting me. Um, I will never play a game to time if I can help it. Which, um, this actually makes sense. So when you're playing X-Wing at a competitive level and you get to a big level tournament, um, if you're playing successfully and you're playing all your games to time all the time, by the end of the day, six rounds of Swiss, seven rounds of Swiss, whatever you're doing, you're going to be exhausted. Um, and oh. that's not just going to be at the end of the day. It's going to be showing up by, you know, game three or four. Yeah. Mental fatigue is brutal. Um, and I know that some people thrive in an environment where, you know, they're kind of constantly working their brain throughout the course of a day. Um, but as a person that, you know, I am an introvert and I get tired simply by being in a room with multiple people, um, I have to then kind of adapt my play style to be able to play, you know, quicker in order to kind of give my brain that break between games, even if it's, you know, 20, 30 minutes, um, like that difference for me is the difference basically between winning and losing a game. Well, and in a tournament environment too, especially if you're doing something like Worlds, where I swear there were just like, felt like no breaks between games whatsoever. Um, you just get done with your table. They basically call out the next round of matches 10 minutes later, maybe, and then you're moving over to the next table. You never really have a moment to sit and think and collect your thoughts. Whereas if you could wrap up a game in 40 to 50 minutes, maybe on average uh, or less, preferably, you get a lot of break time. And not only can you kind of evaluate your previous game, you can make sure you're rested and ready for the next one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. One of my favorite things to do with that time is either, you know, just take a walk around the room and see what other things are going on. Or, you know, if you're in a big place with a lot of people, take a couple minutes and go outside, get some fresh air. Like fresh air goes a long way in refreshing your brain. So that's a that's a good um, in a tournament context. That's obviously a good thing. But there's some more game specific ones here. There's game specific benefits of aggressive play styles. Yeah. So one of the nice things or, you know, I guess relatively nice things in my opinion about being an aggressive player is by playing at kind of an elevated rate, you have less time to question the decisions you're making, um, which kind of then inversely forces you um, to learn how to make better decisions kind of, you know, quicker and, you know, make snap judgments about things that, you know, pay off better and don't necessarily lead to mistakes. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you're, since your games are inherently shorter, usually they're going to take fewer rounds, right? Um, so you're going to have less decisions to make. So you, those decisions carry a little more weight because they're not diffused across the course of a you know 14-round game. They're probably diffused across the course, really, of uh, six or seven meaningful rounds before the game kind of resolves on its own. And there's something to that where you do want to train yourself. I've been trying to do this as we've played chess, too, to not overthink moves. Um, first of all, because I don't know that much as we're like playing chess games online. Mm-hmm. So if I stare at this, if I stare at the move for 20 minutes, I'm not necessarily going to make a better move than I was going to make after five minutes. Right. And it's not really benefiting me. I'd rather use that time making the decisions, learning from my mistakes and then improving, uh, later on when I have to make similar decisions. 
Right. And if you start to question your decision and change up what you do, um, you know, you're likely going to be making the wrong decision the second time. It's kind of the same thing that they kind of teach you with the multiple choice test, right? Like if you feel really good about an answer and you pick that right away, don't change it later because you're probably changing it to the wrong answer. Don't second guess. And that's just kind of true of life. Don't, mm-hmm. don't second guess that first instinct in most cases. There's a reason we've been on this planet so long, and it's not because we question everything we do. <laughs> So another thing you were telling me about playing aggressively is that uh, because you're putting pressure on your opponent, you tend to get a pretty good read on your opponent pretty quickly. Yeah, so you know, kind of developing a sense of their playstyle play quickly um, is important because, again, this kind of feeds back into the mental fatigue point a little bit. Um, but you know, at competitive events where you're playing, you know, five, six, seven rounds. Um, Playing those quicker games and developing kind of a more surface level, quick analysis of your opponent's play style, you then leave yourself the opportunity not to start blending games, right? So if like, you know, for example, you play three games to time and you've kind of had 75 minutes to kind of get used to this person's play style as opposed to giving yourself that mental break. By the time you play that fourth game... Um, you're inherently going to be trying to compensate for things that maybe your other three opponents did, even though you're playing against a completely new person. So it kind of gives you that mental space for more information, but at a quicker rate. Yeah, and I think not confusing games is pretty a pretty big deal, especially when if you're playing a lot of consecutive rounds because you've been playing to time, your games are going to start to blend together, especially in a meta where you're going to see a lot of the same ships. Um, and you do want to keep in mind that your opponents are going to have different play styles. I like, too, that I feel like if you're playing aggressively, um, if you're forcing your opponent to make more significant decisions in earlier rounds, you're going to see how they play that much more quickly. Whereas if you're both being kind of cagey, like how I tend to play, um, you're going to make a lot of pretty cautious moves or pretty safe moves, and you're not going to be able to really get any information about how your opponent's going to play later on. Right, exactly. I think, too, in terms of aggressive play, and you know, maybe there's definitely room to disagree with me here. Anyone can do that if they feel so um i think aggressive play particularly in x-wing is less common than kind of what i would call not cagey play but and not slow play either but maybe just average play yeah normal play Um, right right so i mean aggressive play is a really good way to take your opponent off guard and catch them off guard um it gives them less time to get a feel for your play style so this is kind of the inverse to that previous point by playing so aggressively and playing quicker um, your opponent doesn't have as much time to analyze what you're doing. And then, you know, it opens up the opportunity for them to make mistakes, which you can then capitalize on. Um, you know, let's say you're playing a triple ace list. Um, triple aces are pretty good at capitalizing on opponents' mistakes by having faster moves and being able to reposition and take better shots. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a benefit to being able to catch your opponent off guard. Yeah, it's a it's a flip around, right? Because you can read them quickly because they have to make important decisions early, but because they have to, by necessity, be so focused on what they're doing, they're not going to be able to read you so well. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look a little bit about how to more a little more specific. What are some things you need to know to play uh, to have an aggressive play style in X Wing? What are the, what are the big points here? 
Sure. So like this, I think on paper sounds somewhat counterintuitive to aggressive play, but I think the number one thing uh, is to be patient, Um, which again, like I said, sounds maybe counterintuitive. But, you know, when you play aggressively, uh, you're, you're giving yourself the opportunity to make mistakes. And I think, you know, any good aggressive player won't make the mistake because, you know, they're a good player. But just just the opportunity or the increased opportunity to make those mistakes um, can create some very difficult game states for you. Yeah, there's something about the fact that you're um, initiating probably first engagements earlier in the game. That's going to open you up to some more problems that you could have where you might engage too early, you might not bring your ships into bear at the right time, so your ships get isolated. A lot of just like common mistakes you could see. Um, in X-Wing games, those are less common if you're playing at a slower pace or at like a more moderate pace where like you have time to make those decisions to bring all your ships together at the right time. Um, so and, and I think it's easy to confuse like the being aggressive and the quickness of the game. You don't necessarily have to play your turns super quickly. Like you don't have to set your dials in five seconds, right? You can still make those decisions. It's more about like the significant part of the game happening earlier in the rounds rather than later on. Yeah, there's there's a deliberateness to it. Not it's not necessarily the speed; it's the de- deliberateness of your moves that's really key. And a lot of what it comes down to is uh, we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about um, some chess strategies to relate over to X Wing. So a big part of this is um, you're controlling the tempo. So in chess, we've talked about you know if you're playing white versus playing black, white goes first, so they kind of set the tempo, and then it's black's position to they respond until they can make a move that shifts the tempo back into their control. So an aggressive playstyle is like you're playing the lead, you're taking control, and you're trying never to give that back. So you're always wanting your opponent to be responding to what you're doing. Right. So I mean, controlling the tempo of the game when you're playing a game that's so condensed. Um, is very important. You know, as an aggressive player, once you start to lose control of that tempo is when you're going to begin to lose the game. And I think a very key aspect of aggressive play is, and this goes back to the be patient thing, right, is even when you do start to lose control, understand that because you're playing, you know, more deliberately and at a condensed time frame, um, like you have the tools necessary to take that control back if you start to, you know, kind of waver on that line. But like you said, you know, aggressive players are kind of like the white players in chess where you have control early, you maintain that control, and you keep it to maintain the pace of the game. Do you feel like um, aggressive play is kind of an all-in strategy, though? Um, where, like, if you are... Um, you're you're starting in control of the tempo. Your opponent takes the tempo back. You don't really. There's not really a plan B there, right? You have to continue to be aggressive, right, and try and take the tempo back. Do you feel like you're set in that path? Yeah, in a way. So I know when we were doing the notes, we were kind of talking about some other like different aggressive play styles, and we started talking about the four different styles of tennis play, um, and one of those is the aggressive baseliner. And one of the kind of key components of those aggressive baseliner players um, is, you know, and this is using some tennis terminology, so sorry for anyone out there that actually knows anything about tennis. Because aggressive baseliners, you know, are more aggressive, uh, they'll, they'll attack short balls on the court. And what happens is then they, they will take the opportunity to make a few you know, errors that weren't forced on them by their opponent in order to set up a better winning shot for themselves. 
Uh, yeah, and I, I guess in um, X-Wing that would maybe translate to some risks you can take where maybe like in a conventional game of X-Wing, if you're kind of playing um, what would be the normal smart plays, maybe you'll move in a little bit closer to get a better shot but risk taking more damage, that kind of stuff. Right, and you know, more back to kind of relating it to chess, like obviously as the player you don't want to lose pieces, but sometimes it's okay to sacrifice a piece in favor of the longer game. Um, and it could potentially open up further opportunity for you later. So, you know, maybe that one turn in X-Wing where you put your Soonterfell in a little bit more of a compromising position, not only could you potentially be giving yourself a chance, um, but your opponent may have the conception that you are now giving them a better chance, which can then, you know, we talked about this before, force them into making a decision that maybe they normally wouldn't make, and then, as the aggressive player, you can capitalize on that and kind of regain your control of the situation. Yeah, and that's always fun to uh, try and distinguish: um, is this is this my opponent giving me a piece, or is this my opponent setting me up for something later? Playing chess with you and Carson online has led me like anytime I see a move that looks funky to me, I go through this cycle of like, wait, are is this just a did they just make a mistake, or is this just like a master level move? And uh, it's been about fifty fifty, I think, so far as to which one it is. <laughs> Subversion and theatricality. <laughs> Powerful tools. Um, so, and the, the last thing I'd say here before we kind of uh, myth bust a little bit about aggressive play is, and I think actually this kind of falls into the category of um, things people might misunderstand about aggressive play. Aggressive play is not really limited to lists that are firepower focused or more focused on offense. Because I feel like that would be an easy, an easy matchup, right? Where... If you have a list that's got a lot of firepower, maybe a munition-heavy list, and not a lot on defense, so they're going to have a lot of offense early in the game, and then they're going to fall apart quickly because they'll take so much damage. Um, aggressive playstyles can apply to pretty much any list in X-Wing. John, you've, you've flown Imperial Aces, and you fly them just as aggressively as you would anything else, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and, you know, part of that, too, is, you know, you with those Aces specifically, like, you know, they're kind of fragile you know they don't have as many hit points behind them so getting in a bad spot can hurt them in a really bad way um, you know playing aggressively can you know diminish the amount of chances your opponent has to kind of hurt those aces but then at the same time like at gen con last year i played the four arcs right so it's a definitely more beefy list there's more firepower there than aces have um, but i i played that just as aggressively because you know, it's for a different reason, right? Like you can fly in and hit hard and you'll take the shot and you'll survive to keep going back for more runs later in the game. All right, so let's, uh, to close out this conversation here, let's just uh, break a few myths here about what aggressive play is not. So what's the first one here, John? Yeah, so aggressive play is not necessarily high risk, high reward play. So we've talked about controlling the tempo of the game, and that's really what it's about. It's those key turns, um, and we've talked about you know opening yourself up to the chance of making mistakes. Um, that's different than high-risk, high-reward, because with high-risk, high-reward things, you're intentionally putting yourself in compromising positions with the intent of getting something very beneficial out of it, um, and that's not necessarily what aggressive play is. Well, it's funny, too, because I feel like one of the limits of aggressive play is that sometimes you'll, it, it by nature sometimes puts you in situations where it's high risk, moderate reward or high risk, low reward, um, just because, you know, you're so prone to 
opening yourself up to mistakes. And the payoff is, mm-hmm. I mean, since it's tempo focused, the payoff is not necessarily going to be a big score, or like a massive range one shot. It's just going to be like, I controlled the game and I found myself in an undesirable situation. Exactly. All right. Another thing that aggressive play is not. Yeah. So aggressive play is not always reckless play. So in reckless play, I think you see people, and maybe this is more kind of attributed to maybe newer players that are making aggressive moves because they think they have an upper hand or because they think they've recognized the piece that they need to go after simply because they might not know better, which isn't the case with aggressive play because, you know, with aggressive play, you don't want to overcommit or force an early engagement, um, and those things don't make you aggressive. Um, sometimes they can lead to making more mistakes. Um, again, it's just that control element of the game and kind of knowing how to be aggressive and you know when to be aggressive and how that's going to work for you. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like it's a new player thing where the, some of the chief mistakes that newer players to the game make are um, they try to advance the game too quickly to engagement. Um, without thinking it through so they just want to get rolling dice and shooting right which is part of the fun if you're enjoying the game on the board game level that's what a lot of people do you know if you're i've run demos for x-wing before at conventions and people just want to point the ships at each other and roll dice and that's fine um but if you're trying to play at a more competitive level that's not really going to work for you in the long term because you'll just end up putting yourself in a lot of undesirable situations same thing with over committing to where um you could if you move in too quickly and you commit to Um, a direction or an approach that's not favorable to you at all Um, it doesn't matter how quickly you do that it's still going to be bad for you in the long run so you still have to be deliberate when you're playing aggressively yeah and i think like you know as you're learning to play the game if you have a tendency to at the start you know be more reckless i think that's kind of the evolution that will happen into aggressive play is you'll figure out where the balance is between that recklessness and actually using that play style to your advantage, um, which is just inherently part of what will come with playing the game more and learning more about the rules and interactions and how different play styles work and different lists and archetypes interact with each other. Um, There's an evolution there between aggressive play and reckless play that happens, um, but aggressive play isn't inherently reckless play. And another one, too, and I feel like this maybe goes without saying, but because uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but aggressive play is not fast play. Um, fast play being trying to you know just move through the game quickly and move through the steps quickly so that your opponent makes mistakes or misses triggers. That's not really how the game is played at a competitive level uh, and shouldn't be played that way. So that's not what it's about. The other thing I was going to say, too, is we, we talk about aggressive play. There's a lot of benefits to it. There are some limitations, and I think a big one is that aggressive play is really not an easier way to play. Um, and I think we kind of associate aggressive strategies with being simpler. That's not true. Um, the weight of your decisions shifts to the early part of the game, and that means things like your setups become that much more important. Those early couple turns and dial sets become that much more important, where you open yourself up to your game-losing mistakes can occur very early on, and that's not easier for you in the long run. So if aggressive playstyles aren't really your thing, it's okay to play at a moderate pace or you know play for points. Right. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. It just kind of comes down to a personal preference. And and like you said, like your decisions aren't going to be better because you make them quickly. Um, But aggressive play is definitely a very learned behavior where, you know, because you're controlling the tempo of the game and you're condensing down that total play time, um, like you said, Tim, that does lead to your key decision making 
happening early on in the game rather than towards the mid or late game because it is so much shorter. Um, and you know, that, that decision-making process, much like the actual aggressive play style, um, just kind of becomes condensed and, and that's not necessarily good or bad. It's just kind of a facet of, you know, playing that way. Yeah, I think if anything, I, one of the reasons I want to have this conversation too is because I feel like if people don't know how to play aggressively or that aggressive play styles can be competitive, um, I, I like this information to be out there for people who are maybe more inclined towards that play style, but they didn't know how to do it effectively. Because, you know, it's less common in X-Wing, but I'm sure there's some people who'd really benefit that are trying to play at a more uh, moderate long-term game and they'd benefit from trying to condense those decisions to the early game. Yeah, I mean, one of the best ways to beat an aggressive baseline or tennis player is to bring them into the net, right? So the same kind of thing can be said for aggressive X-Wing players. If you really want to catch an aggressive player off guard or, you know, force them to make a mistake, you make them come to you. And we've talked about that kind of with different list archetypes and styles, I think maybe last year at some point. Um, You know, make that aggressive player come to you and that opportunity that they've given themselves to make a mistake uh, will pay off for you and they will make a mistake. So, Perfect, John. Now I know how to beat you finally. You've beaten me before. (laughs) Once or twice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a five-star review saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you really enjoy the show, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. We really appreciate the support we've received on Patreon. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX, and we will talk to you next week.